Hello, this is Steve Bailey. Happy to welcome you to episode seven of Laughing Gas, a Charlie Chaplin podcast. Now, if this is your first time listening, my modus operandi for this podcast is that I am trying to go in chronological order to uh, just to do that for Chaplin's films. I think they're best viewed that way. But in order to uh, liven it up a little bit, because the Keystone shorts are you know very formative, I do two of his Keystone shorts in chronological order, and then I cover one of his more famous features. So that is what I will do with this one. We are now up to The Star Border, released in April of 1914. Chaplin plays the title role, a lodger of whom his landlady, played by Minta Durfee, is inordinately fond, much to the detriment of her husband, Edgar Kennedy. One night after dinner, their son puts on a magic lantern show that includes some photo and the landlady in relatively compromising positions. The husband goes ballistic, and the landlady gives the brat a well-deserved spanking. It's cute and funny enough, though, as always, some of the best moments are Chaplin doing nothing in particular, as when he bounces a tennis ball and gets attacked by it. You also find yourself wondering what the landlady sees in this guy that nobody else does. Then we go to Mabel at the Wheel. Charlie tries to win Mabel, Mabel Norman, of course, over from her sports car driving husband, but to no avail. When Charlie kidnaps and locks up the boyfriend on the day of his big race, Mabel takes his place in the race. The primary fun of this short is watching Chaplin, made up here to look like a variation on Ford Sterling, chew the scenery in an uncharacteristic role as an all-out villain. You also get to see Keystone founder, and this movie's co-director, Max Sennett, as a spectator in the audience. And for today's feature film, I would like to cover 1928's The Circus. Coming as this movie did, between Chaplin's almost legendary bookends, The Gold Rush and City Lights, The Circus was for many years maligned as one of Chaplin's back-burner numbers. But while it has no big agenda to burnish, The Circus is the kind of movie that would be a masterpiece in the career of any other silent film comedian, and it's not exactly chopped liver on Chaplin's resume either. Before the main plot even gets underway, there is a superb opening sequence involving Charlie, a cop, and a pickpocket played by Steve Murphy, recognizable in face and character as a variation on the con man he played so smoothly in Buster Keaton's short Cops. Now this entire segment could have played by itself as a short subject, and at first it seems almost a pity that the melodramatic plot has to be squeezed in. Nevertheless, the story is that a very successful, unsuccessful circus has come to town. It is run by a tyrannical ringmaster, played by Alan Garcia, who regularly abuses his daughter, the Circus Walker, played by Myrna Kennedy. Charlie happens into this non-laugh fest while escaping from the cop, and he makes such a mess of the show that the audience, thinking he is part of the act, laughs and applauds him wildly. 
The ringmaster has Charlie audition for the show, but since Charlie didn't know he was being funny, his attempts at being deliberately humorous fall flat. Although with this circus, who can tell? The ringmaster has Charlie watch a couple of the circus's comic routines and then orders Charlie to imitate them. That seems a strange request, since these routines are the same ones that are not getting any laughs, and Charlie's innocent bollocksing up at them plays better than the straight routines do. Charlie gets turned down for the job. He tells Myrna that he and the ringmaster couldn't come to terms. But then he gets hired as a prop man at the last minute, and he's the laugh hit of the show once again. Only Charlie himself doesn't realize this, and the ringmaster does his best to keep that news under wraps. When Myrna finally lets Charlie in on the secret, he's able to finagle a better f salary for himself and no more mistreatment for Myrna. Things look rosy until the circus hires a new act, Rex, played by Harry Crocker, a dashing tightrope walker. Rex makes Charlie, who had designs on Myrna unbeknownst to her, very unhappy. And it brings about a couple of the movie's most interesting moments. The first is when Myrna and Charlie are on the sidelines watching Rex do his act, and Charlie laughs with demented glee whenever it looks as though Rex is on the brink of disaster. It brings to mind all the sadistic thoughts we had as children of high-wire high acts that might go kerplop. The other interesting bit is when Charlie observes Rex and Myrna talking and hitting it off. Through double exposure, Chaplin shows us what Charlie wishes would happen. His alter ego steps out of his body, slaps Rex around, and knocks him unconscious. I find this interesting because that is probably just what Charlie would have done to Rex back in the old Keystone and SNA days. It shows us just how far Chaplin has evolved his tramp, tramp character. The love triangle leads to the movie's climax. One night, Rex cannot be found for his act. Another strange example of convenience, the kind of plot contrivance that Chaplin claimed to have aboard. Thus, Charlie, who has been practicing a makeshift tightrope act of his own, is ordered to take Rex's place. Far be it for me to spoil the surprises here. It's enough to say that there are sufficient laughs, laughs and gasps to make this one of Chaplin's best wrap-ups. The final scene, too, is Chaplin at his best. Pathos without ramming it down our throats. Even as a minor number, the circus is Chaplin at his most appealing and satisfying. Let me close this podcast episode, please, with a few of my blatant personal plugs. If you are looking for me on Facebook or want to look for me there, you can find me at my Facebook page titled Another Charlie Chaplin Facebook Page. And if you would like to email me about this podcast, if you have any thoughts about it, good, bad, or neutral, please feel free to email me at laughinggaspodcast at outlook.com. <clears throat> and lastly, I would like to plug a couple of my other movie-related podcasts. I have recently completed one on the films of Laurel and Hardy, and you can find that at anchor.fm under the title Hard-Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. I am also in the midst of doing a podcast related to the early black-and-white Fleischer uh, Brothers Popeye cartoons. You can find that one also at anchor.fm under the title Blow Me Down, a Fleischer Popeye podcast. If you are listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. I hope you will hit the subscribe button. And we are now on iTunes. If you are listening via that venue, I hope you will leave a written review and or a star rating. It really helps. In any case, I'm glad you came aboard. I hope you will continue listening. We have plenty more episodes to go. And until next time, this is Steve Bailey wishing you goodbye, farewell, and best wishes.